0: Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week's guest is a creative entrepreneur and brand strategist of jewelry brands Amarillo and Hati Chai. Welcome, Stella.
1: Hi, Noor. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. I've been so excited to have you on. We planned this a few weeks ago. Stella's a very busy person, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm so glad we're able to finally do this. I am as well.
1: Like I've been following you for such a long time, and I feel like I know you, but it's really up close and
0: personal to be able to do this podcast together. I know. And yeah, we met very briefly in New York. I want to say like a year ago. Yeah. Yes, yes we did.
1: I wish we got a bigger chance to just hang out back then. But it was so (laughs) crazy. Like
0: you were doing things. I was doing things. It was very brief. But I just remember like getting really good vibes from you, which I know sounds so corny. But like, you know, when you're just around someone, I'm like, this person's cool. I like this person. I like being around her. Definitely the feeling I got as well. Aw. Also, I (laughs) feel like I need to just say, you have the coolest name ever. Like, I wish my name was Stella. Like, if I could change my name, it would be Stella. Like, is that, was that your birth name? It is my
1: birth name. Oh, so cool. After her um, English teacher, when she came to America, she had an English coach that, like, was named Stella. And she was like, I had to, like, I saved the name for my daughter.
0: That's like, okay, cool. so cute and also such a cool name. Like it's just – it sounds like you're like in a band or something. Like it's very cool. I love uh, that
1: you think of it that way. Like growing up, I felt it was just so like boring and like an
0: old No, name no. It doesn't sound – like to me, I'm like that's such a cool like edgy name. Like I love it. But Thank
1: you. Um,
0: so you were born and raised in California. So you're a Cali girl.
1: Yes. Actually, it, raised in Los Angeles too. So Valley girl actually. Oh, so like you're Kelly a Valley, Valley. girl. <laughs> yes.
0: I love that. Um, And you're a Bangladeshi American, but you were you were born and raised in America. Have you ever gone back to Bangladesh? Yes, I have. I went for
1: the first time when I was 14 years old. And okay. then I went again two years later when I was 16, but I haven't gone back since then. And I'm now 31. So I'm very, like, nostalgic for that time.
0: That's exactly how I feel. Like, I feel like also your experience when you go somewhere when you're younger, there are certain things you can't fully appreciate. Oh, and- yes especially when you're born in America, you're just like, oh, like, where's the AC everywhere? Like, you know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> those are the things that you think about. But like, I feel like to go back as an adult would be a completely different experience. That's how I feel.
1: I 100% agree. Um, and I started, I picked up photography a few years right after I came back and I just wish I could go back.
0: Oh my God. And
1: capture some of the things that i would seen because I would have been stuck in like certain areas for hours. Whereas mm-hmm. when I went, I was just like, okay, this is cool. Let's go.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like as, as you get older and as you change, like you, you want to do stuff like that. You want to take pictures. You want to capture memories and beautiful buildings, architecture, people, like all of those things. And I feel like I was just like, okay, let's look. I don't care about this. Like this, is, <laughs> I want to go play or something like, I don't know. Cause I was so young when I went to Palestine that I definitely didn't appreciate it. But Don't I I, I was like five. So okay. I was yes. like a kid. I was just crying for my dad the whole time. I was like, I uh, want to go back home. Okay. I want to see my dad. Yeah.
1: That's so sad. Well, <laughs> one thing about me and my sister was that the age that we went, we were crying pretty well by our parents to so like really... Wave that culture so when we Mm -hmm. got there my dad is from the village and my mom's from like more of a city town okay we were requested to stay in the village we we would run out of like like the electricity would go out every evening we loved it there's no air conditioning I was totally cool with it like those things didn't matter I would and my dad was on a farm and I'm like obsessed with animals so I just be chilling at the farm with like the cows and the lambs and like, we got so sad because the second time we went, we are there for a whole summer. We just didn't want to go home. Like, we got, we didn't even get homesick.
0: Oh, my so God. Was, How long were we you there for? Sugar. We
1: were there for a full two and a half months, I think. And we oh wanted to prolong it. And it was just such a – it's so fun. But, like, when we came back, we wanted to be there just as much as we wanted to be in L.A. And it Aww. sucks that it's, like, so far away. Because yeah. All of our cousins and like family members that are close to us in age that we would generally grow up with, they're all back home. So we're like the only two that are out here. Yeah. And we just felt like we we're growing up alone. So it would have been so fun if we could like do like blend the both of those.
0: No, I completely I, I know exactly how you feel. And I feel like especially like as I got older, I really started appreciating family. Like you have one sister, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. I have a lot of sisters, which is great, (laughs) but there is something a little bit special about being raised around cousins. Like it's like a very cool bond because it's not the same as your sister. Your sister annoys you more than your cousins do. And like, it's just, I, so even though I I have a lot of cousins in America, they didn't live in the same state as me. So I never really grew up around them. Like I would see them maybe every summer. Mm -hmm. And like, especially, like, my cousins overseas, like, I don't know anything about them. Like, I couldn't even tell you half of their names. There's a lot of them, but, like, I don't know anything. You know what I mean? And it's so crazy to me because they all were raised around each other, and I'm sure that's just such a nice thing to have to just be in a – especially if you have a big family, like, it's just – it's really special to, like, have that bond with your family. And also I feel like it brings you closer to, like, your culture and your heritage and all of that.
1: A hundred percent. I agree. That's exactly how I feel about it.
0: Yeah. Um but I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about Amarillo and Hati Chai. I'm going to let you just you take the reins here because I love this girl's jewelry so much. Like I literally am obsessed with it like I never really liked jewelry. This is I'm not even just saying this to like hype you up right now. I never really liked jewelry that much. I found it really tedious to put on a necklace and take off my necklace every time I wanted to take a shower because I didn't want it to tarnish. Or if I had a ring on and I needed to wash my hands, feel like I need to take the ring off. And then I got a couple of your pieces. And because they're 100% solid gold, I never had to do that. And it made me love jewelry because it wasn't it wasn't like this tedious thing. It was just like a part of my everyday. Like I just always have this necklace on. I always wear my ring. So I that that to me makes, you know, Amarillo especially so special because I feel like it really made me start to love jewelry.
1: Oh, I love hearing that. Yeah. Um, that's that's so nice because essentially that is our personal, Ali and I's personal walks with jewelry. Mm-hmm. So um, backstory on us, Ali started Amarillo Jewelry and I began Hobby tie Jewelry and we were three years in before um, we met and combined the brands and other sister companies but um, at the root of it all both of us felt there was a big void in the industry for the type of jewelry that we were looking for we felt there was no jewelry that met all of our needs as women and although we're two different types of women essentially there are a lot of things that we have in common and that's what kind of really, um, paralleled us, but I'll go back into Javi Chai first and I'll talk about Amarillo's story okay, and yeah. how it blended. So, um, you know, I grew up East Indian and, um, Los Angeles raised, but my grandmother grew up in our house. So my grandma would go back home every couple of years and it'd usually be in the summer, like the winter for like a long vacation. And she would ask us, my sister and I, what would you guys want? And initially we we're like, oh, whatever you bring sounds amazing. Like we just want something cute. So she'd bring back textiles or she'd bring clothing or little dolls. And then she'd sometimes bring jewelry. And um, as time passed, I just kept gravitating towards the jewelry that she'd bring. And so she began asking me, like, what do you want specifically? And I'd always just resort to, it, like, hey, grandma, just bring me back jewelry. Yeah. And so she did. And as I got a little older, when I was around 14, 15, she asked me to sketch out my first set of designs. And then that summer, when she came back, she brought those designs to life. So without me realizing it, she and I have this really special bond. And it oh, began wow. with jewelry making. And she was the one who planted the seed for what I would be doing now. And so um, it was really unique for me because I went to all private schools and we had uniforms and there was like no sense of identity through what we wore except yeah, same. For through our accessories such as like our shoes or like if any of us were taking purses to school and for me it was especially always jewelry and my my mom my aunts everyone like they always reinforced that so they would be like oh let's it's friday you want to go shopping for jewelry whether it's like stuff at the local mall or just Um, in Cerritos, which is like an area that we have um, little India in, in the Los Angeles community. Oh, cool. So they would just always, they loved the fact that I was obsessed with it. And they like would take me to go do these different things that were circling around jewelry. But what was really unique was that no one at school was like me. And that was fine. But I felt very connected to my American culture just as much as my Bangladeshi culture. And Mm -hmm. by wearing the jewelry, Um, I felt like I was blending both because it was a conversation starter between whoever it was, no matter who I was talking to. They were just so interested in how beautiful the pieces were and what they symbolized. And it's my way of combining the worlds. And at an early age, it allowed me to realize that although many of us feel like we're so different from each other, Mm -hmm. we're actually more alike than we are different as people, as humanity.
0: And so- One hundred percent.
1: Um, So that was my walk with jewelry. And then fast forward, I didn't think much about jewelry. I went into school, graduated from college from communications. I went into um, doing photography and branding. I was working at different record labels, working on artist development, um, such as Sony and Interscope. And while I was shooting with different artists, I really felt there was something missing. And we would have a ton of meetings trying to figure out what was missing while developing these new artists. And I just, kept saying you know I think it could be the jewelry so Mm -hmm. my husband now my boyfriend at the time was like why don't you start designing these pieces if you can't find them it's like no it's a lot of work I don't want to do it (laughs) and then he was like no no no. you need to probably do this and kept pushing and then eventually like I just on a whim just started to um put together a few pieces and post them on a photography blog that I had at the time And everyone that would view uh, or was, like, a viewer, like, tune in that particular day. Like, the day I designed everything, I put them up. And I sold out of all my pieces. Like, people emailed me saying, like, my god, buy this? And it was – it wasn't even me, like, connecting the dots. Like, let me turn this into a business. It was just like, oh, my God, this is so cute. Let me post this. And um, I had – um, over the course of two months from that point of, like, where I, like, spontaneously designed something, <laughs> everything just picked up. Like, I got requests from different celebrities and their oh, wow because of just the network I had from being working at the different record labels. Like, um at the time, I think Destiny's Child was still around. So, and, like, Beyonce <gasps> was breaking out. So they like made requests and then individually Beyonce. Wait, did you, you made
0: jewelry for Beyonce? Yes.
1: And then eventually the of like the next few years, I got, we got commissioned to do a lot of custom work. So we did a lot of like her dancers for like the tours. And it was like an amazing process because it's one thing to design pieces that people can wear every day, but it's so fun to like get like into the costume side of things and make like the really like out there designs. Yeah. Which is like for me really fun. Um and it really touches on like the type of design that we have like back home where it's much more eccentric and it's mm-hmm. more like personality and individual uh, individuality. <laughs> so um yeah, so that's how that happened. And in the course of um that year, we got picked up at a lot of retailers like Nordstrom's Revolve, a lot of brick and mortar stores were being carried in stores in China and stores in Dubai, and just it just kicked off and I had no clue what I was doing. Sometimes where I'd just go with the flow. And I think my work ethic really laid it out for me to figure things out, even if there was things I couldn't figure out along the way. Yeah. Um, immediately, I figured, within the course of that time, I would figure out the process. So for example, sometimes I get a wholesale order and people would be like, can you do 10,000 units in three months? And at that point, it was just me and a few friends and maybe even family members who'd come over and help me like make the pieces and package them. Oh, wow. And we would just say yes and then figure the next steps out um so Ali similarly had been going through the same journey and I hadn't met her yet but three years in we crossed paths because as jewelry designers the community is kind of small and we had heard about each other and had some mutual friends and I um reached out to her and we just started hanging out and it was an immediate bond because our boyfriends at the time loved talking to us about um, our businesses, but I'm sure they were a little bit exhausted about doing, <laughs> like, you know, about what one customer yeah. did or what yeah. it would be. So it was just an immediate bond. And then um, we just would bond over different things, like going out to eat or whatever. And we kept it really simple. We just like talked to each other about jewelry things. Eventually, that progressed into a joint collaboration. I reached out to her to say, to do a capsule collection. So, hey, can we do a hybrid of pieces between Amarillo Julie and Happy Chai Julie, Um, which we ended up naming Bambu, which is the Bengali word for friendship. Oh, that's so cute. We really felt it was perfectly fitting for what we had designed. And in that process, we really learned how well we um, worked together. So she naturally took care of certain areas of the project, whereas I naturally gravitated towards Another part of the process, she's very production-oriented, so she mm-hmm. made sure the pieces were all um, systemized and they were all accurately made and that they were comfortable and that the quality was exquisite. So she really calculated those things. And then I really took care of like the photography and the marketing and just getting them out to influencers or whatever it needed to happen. So it was a perfect fit. Um, and then later on, by the end of that year, we just joined forces in terms of getting a co-office together. Um, and we would just work all the time together, doing the same things. But we, like, she would be going to get production done. I'd be walking to production with her. So we do all these things together. And at the same time, we were like, "Hey, both our businesses are expanding. Where do we find more employees to take care of all these other things?" And you know, it's really hard to find people that really work for you, and they're an extension of yourself. Yeah. And as a new um, business, and even self you know, established people, we just don't always know how to hire. So we had a tricky time finding new hires. And eventually we were just like, why don't we just both kind of essentially work for each other and you can lead the production for both the companies and I could lead the marketing and the visuals and like the website and everything for both the companies. So that's when AMHC was founded and now we co-own both the companies. Um, and Amarillo was originally obviously uh, began because of Ali's mm-hmm. walk with her. Um, views on jewelry and mine was happy tribe which um, actually means elephant and tea because oh because, I didn't yeah, know that it's elephant and tea because of the fact that um I just let if you go to my house I have tons of elephants and teapots everywhere and someone was like just name it after things that reflect you mm-hmm. and
0: that is me all the way um, oh, that's so cool. I mean, I knew chai was tea, but I did not know what Hati was. I, but it <laughs> sound, it's, it's fun to say like Hati chai, like it's fun. Like it has like a little ring to it. Thank um, you. But like I, I love that you and Allie had like a very organic start to just kind of like coming together. And I feel like I saw that both of you started at the time what was your own brand in 2011. So you both mm-hmm. started around the same time. So and then in 2014, that's when you guys decided to work as a team.
1: Yes. Um, and it's crazy. It's And we now there are sister brands and just like sisters, they in some ways resemble each other. Yeah. And we know each other so well, but we do 100% for each of the brands in terms of
0: telling their own narrative separately. Oh yeah. I mean I can definitely tell the difference between a hati chai and an Amarillo piece at this point. Like they're they're similar. I feel like they have like a similar like essence, but they they're they're different. Like I feel like Amarillo is a little bit more minimal and I feel like hati chai definitely has a very like cultural heritage influence that you can see and it's done so beautifully.
1: Thank you. Yeah. A lot of the hati chai pieces are named after different people in history or different um, places to visit just to like lightly drop bits of history on those people that are invested in the brand.
0: Which I think is so cool because you're also simultaneously educating people, you know, it's not just another jewelry brand. And that's something that I love about Amarillo and Hati is that they don't feel like just another jewelry brand. There's oh, they you. everything about it, about the process of, it seems very thoughtfully made, which I think is so important because, I, like I said, I was, I, I always wanted to wear jewelry, but I would, what would end up happening is I would buy jewelry and it would either bother me and it would hurt my neck or it would tarnish or something like it was, it was just not a positive experience. And like, I feel like there's just something about. When jewelry is well made, it's almost like you feel like this was kind of made with love. Which again, I know sounds so corny, <laughs> but like it feels like it was very thoughtfully made, and and that's something that I think is really unique right now because there are so many jewelry brand, brands, but I feel like they really do stand out because of that, and also because of the design and the quality. Like they're like all of your pieces from Hattie and Amril, they're they're beautiful. Like I Thank would you. wear all of them, and like I. I just love that it, it's just a type of jewelry that like, so I just recently actually gave my friend um, a necklace from Amarillo as her birthday gift and she loves it. Like she literally, as soon as she got it, she was like, oh my God, I love it so much. It's so beautiful. And I told her, I was like, yeah, it's hundred percent solid gold. Like you don't have to take it off. And she was like, oh my God, I don't have to take it off. And like just that in itself, I feel like is so important to so many people, especially when you're busy and you have a million things to do, like It's just a nice thing that you don't have to worry about where you could still be wearing your necklaces and not have to worry about kind of being like, oh, like this is, I don't want this to rub on my neck or anything like that. Like I sleep with it. I shower with it. I just, I live in the jewelry and it doesn't really, it doesn't cause me any extra stress. Like it's just kind of a part of who I am at this point, which I really, really love about jewelry. You know what I mean? Like I want to be able to just have my jewelry on when I wake up and be able to run out of the door because I'm always in a rush. I'm always late. I'm always, you know what I mean? So, and if I am running late, the last thing I'm going to remember to do is put on jewelry. So it's really nice that I already have it on. So I don't have to kind of worry about it.
1: Right. And like, I believe that your style is definitely a huge reflection of you and it definitely does a lot to boost who you are or also just you know dim who you are and if you mm-hmm. look at our ancestors like the history of all of these different practices that have been around for centuries we're all turning back to them because we're realizing how much they benefited us like acupuncture yoga or even like things like the use of turmeric and um, jewelry comes from the rituals of embracing those moments in your life that make you who you are. And it's, it circles back to self-care. So every piece of jewelry traditionally that I've ever acquired comes with a backstory, whether it's something that was passed down to me or it's something that I received, it was a marker of a moment in my life. And so oh, wow. it's similar to uh, it's the similar story for Ali as well. So almost everything we wear is something that makes us proud. And they're like, for example, the coin necklace that I always wear, it's something mm-hmm. that I design in honor of my grandmother. So it's always like a reminder of the person that actually initially started my love with jewelry. And then I have a bunch of chains I was given when I was like a tiny, tiny baby and they were mm-hmm. all like coming of age kind of chains. So, or graduation presents, whatever it may be, but it's, unique to who you are and that's something that I think is so important when it comes to understanding how to reach true happiness and just peace within yourself so definitely. for us it's definitely a big like meaningful point of our lives and that's what makes even more sense to own something that you can always wear and it fits into the functionality of your mm-hmm. life and it's not going to tarnish so you have to get something
0: new Exactly. And and that's that's why I feel like makes it so special. It's because I was as like I was telling you earlier, I watched your interview and you were like, I want to be able to hand down these pieces of jewelry as heirlo- heirlooms. And I think that's so special because I know that, you know, my grandmother gave my mom jewelry oh. and then my mom was able to hand it down to us. And like you just not people aren't wearing solid gold. So you're not really capable of doing that unless it's something like solid gold that is going to last. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that it's so great to be able to hand those things down and have these pieces really hold a meaning. And I love that you said that it's kind of like, you know, ties into self-care. And I feel like self-care is like something that you promote so organically, which I love. Like there are people who post about self-care on social media. And I'm just – I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of like, all right, shut the fuck up. (laughs) But like when you do it, I'm like, I want to go like run a bath right now. Like you do it in such a beautiful, soothing way that I'm like, I want to go put an oil on my face immediately. And I feel like you really – Blended into your life because you're a mom, you're a wife, you're, you know, a entrepreneur, like you have a lot of things going on constantly and you still find the time, which I think is so inspiring, especially to people who are like, oh, I don't have time to do this or I don't have the time to do that when you do have the time to do it. It's just a matter of like incorporating it into your lifestyle. And I think that self-care should never be a stressful thing. It should be something that's calming. And I feel like you do it so well. What are some, what are some of your favorite kind of self-care rituals?
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, there's so many. (laughs) I guess like to start off, I just want to point out that like for me, beauty and like self ritual, like any type of rituals, it's not about looking pretty or fitting in. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm taking care of my skin. At its essence, it's about just making me feel good. Like the act of doing all the different things and taking my time and kind of even losing track of time, it helps me just revamp my mind and my body to, so I can be more present with everything else. Right. So, um, I especially love to get lost in a long bath. Um, this Mm -hmm. has been like me for the last, like maybe decade. I, and like my bath consists of so many steps because I normally take all my beauty products in there and just like do them while I'm in the tub. So normally I don't get to do all these things in the morning. My morning routine's really quick. I use a lot of like two in one type of products in the morning like um toner like slash oh, cool. moisturizer or like those type of things and like right now I've been using something by Laneige that they just launched and it's the toner moisturizer and it's perfect if you guys haven't tried it yet. I I
0: check just it saw you post about it and I want to try it because also like I've tried ba- basically their lip products and yes. I love all of their lip products. They're the best things for my lip. Like I it was it was one of those products that I kept hearing about, but I'm like, oh, there's just like all this hype. I'm sure it's not that great. And then I tried it and I was like, holy shit this is actually really great and I love that they're coming out with more more and more skincare products I've tried their water sleeping Mm -hmm. mask which is that one's good so it's anytime I'm on a long flight that's what I like to put on my face because it's so it feels lightweight but it's still really like your skin feels very moisturized Mm -hmm. which I think is so amazing because it doesn't feel like super heavy or anything like that but um yeah I saw you post about that new toner and I'm like oh I gotta try that I love it I mean
1: it like it's as the weather gets like drier or warmer it's just like the perfect amount of light moisture without feeling like you're dry like you can apply it once for the whole day and your skin is amazing and toner is so important in your routine but most people don't use it and I'm guilty of that I sometimes skip that stuff, but it's so important especially if you're like a person of color because it like it helps balance your skin tone and all the Mm -hmm. uneven texture so yeah, I love using that one. And then in the evenings, I like I was saying, I do like a long bath and sometimes my son will join me and sometimes i will just be me alone. <laughs> I've seen him. He's so cute. <laughs> he super cute. Um, And he's ch- talking right now so it's like the best. But we'll... How old is Noah? He's three. He's... Aww. Yeah, he's a very... He's very true to three right now. His personality is like, <laughs> such a cute toddler. He's very adventurous, very talkative. Um, He wants to do everything we're doing. So yeah, he'll even join me... With with like my products in the tub. And he gets Aww. to use most of them because I'm really big on clean beauty, so all my products mm-hmm. are safe enough to put on baby skin. So that's a really good thing. Um but I love just throwing on a ma- like washing down my face with a good cleanser and then um I'll head to the tub with like a mask on. And then once that's done, I'll just go through like a set of different things whether it's like an exfoliation process or just applying other products um, along the way and then once I finally feel like I'm full and done I head out sometimes I'll be in the tub for as long as like an hour or two hours But like
0: it's oh my god really yeah, I like
1: take my phone in sometimes, and sometimes I'll sit there and like read an ebook or I'll like pin and like just relax until like I feel like I've lost track of time then I'll head out
0: and um he's not always in there I'm going I'm gonna try to do that because I usually if I take a bath which I do really like to take a bath I like to put in like different salts and oils and just kind of relax in there but like I feel like after 15 minutes, like I can't, like I have to get out. So I love that you said you stay in until you feel lost in time because I know I'm like, I actually set a timer sometimes. So I'm literally <laughs> doing the opposite of, no, yeah, I'm crazy. Like I will set a timer because the thing is, is like maybe I'm taking too hot of a bath, yeah. but I find that my skin gets dry if I'm in the bath for too long. But I think that it's probably because I'm taking very hot baths. Yes, my baths are like pretty lukewarm.
1: I'll sometimes feel it okay. with like a warmer um, water temperature but like if so I make sure I use the proper products I'm really intuitive with what my body is asking me so Mm -hmm. like I'll really quickly pick up on what I need to use and then I'll um, go about it that way so there's actually some products by Folane that are body products they have a really amazing scrub that has a ton of shea butter in it and I like to use that when I'm about to use um like really hot water in the shower or the tub Ooh, do you dry brush at all?
0: Uh, You know what? I have a
1: dry brush and I haven't even done it yet. And I know it's really good for you, but you're going to love it. I can
0: just tell you're going to love it because I started dry brushing and it was. I kind of I started doing it, I loved it, but then I would forget. But now I just placed it right by my bathtub. So I never forget to do it. And I really do feel a difference in the way my skin feels, the way I feel. Like there's something energizing. It's so crazy, but like I feel a little energized after dry brushing, which is so strange and sounds so like I feel like I would roll my eyes if someone said that to me. But honestly, it's very invigorating and like I feel like it gets the blood flowing. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it feels, you feel really, really good. And then jump. I like to do it before I shower. There are some people who do it in the shower, Yes, but I like to do it. Yeah. I like to do it before. And then I jump in the shower and I just feel so nice and relaxed just by taking, I don't know, like one minute to dry brush my whole body because it's very fast. Like it's not like a time consuming thing at all, but you would love dry brush. I
1: can't wait. I Maybe I'll get to it this weekend. I always like hop in the tub <laughs> and then I'm wet. I'm like, oh crap, I should have dry brush. But like, that's literally why I haven't even tried it, but it's like sitting there waiting for me to use it.
0: That's what would happen to me all the time. I would keep forgetting. And that's why I just started putting it right Mm. by my bathtub so that I can remember to do it. Because that's the thing. I just, because it's not, oh, this is such an LA moment right now. (laughs) (laughs) But because I like, it's not, it wasn't a part of my routine. It's kind of sometimes hard to remember because I, I have a lot of steps in my routine, but I feel like it's very similar to yours where, I listen to what my skin needs. Like if, if I'm feeling a little dehydrated one day, I'm going to, you know, skip anything that's going to really make my skin feel even more dehydrated and just really nourish my skin and kind of baby it because I don't want it to be dehydrated. And um, I love that that's your approach. It's not so much about like, oh, I want to be beautiful and perfect. It's more like this is a time for me to just take care of myself for myself so I can feel good and I can decompress and I can yes. relax.
1: And like, it's so weird when my... On. So my mom, especially, would always talk about it growing up where she's like, oh, if you just feel beautiful, you'll start looking beautiful and like, or like, mm-hmm. oh, she doesn't look as good because she's like down to herself a lot. And I just like not mm-hmm. understand it, but it makes sense because even like the facial expressions that you hold when you're more optimistic for longer periods of time, it's more like revitalized than if you're feeling drained and lethargic. I don't know if that makes sense, but like.
0: No, that definitely makes sense. And I, I agree with the whole you you look the way yes. you feel and i feel like when i'm in a good mood or something if i happen to take a picture that day i'm like wow i look really yes, radiant like exactly. you know what i mean like you it just it shot it really shows and i have a lot of younger <laughs> nieces and i i like to talk to them about confidence like at a young age because i want them to feel good about themselves and not be so concerned with oh like this isn't perfect or that's not perfect like i want that confidence to be in them and for them to feel good about themselves. And I really encourage them, especially my older nieces who are like teenagers. I'm like, you got to take care of your skin. You got to not be for any reason other than like, you will feel good about yourself. Like it just feels good to take care of yourself in whatever way you do take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Like a hundred percent. Um, And I know that you also love diffusing oils because you- way. I, I literally, I got the Vitruvi diffuser and you were the only other person I would see who had it. I know Gwyneth Paltrow loves it, but yes. other than you and Gwyneth Paltrow, I didn't know anyone else. So I was like, oh, she has a Vitruvi one. Like, she's cool. Like, I like that. Like that was like a little nod. Like, yeah, she knows what's up because they're the best oils. Oh my God. And yes. I, they're amazing. The, the, also the diffuser itself is so beautiful. Like it's. Yeah. I, I had a diffuser before it was so ugly like it was like this it was like this plastic thing from Urban Outfitters it was I like had so into. ugly
1: I like yeah using it because it was like starting to look like an eyesore
0: yeah it was such an eyesore and I, I love diffusing oils because I also find that to be really relaxing like and I just I love the Vitruvi one because like I just click it on in the morning I click it on at night I feel like I don't have need to refill it as much no. which I don't know if you feel the same way yeah like I feel like I can put a little bit of oil and water and it will last for like a full day and a half or something, no matter how many times I'm clicking it. And I'm like, this is insane to exactly.
1: me. Exactly. And um I've always loved the ritual of like having candles and lighting them in the minute like it's then mm-hmm. like putting turning them on all around the house or like having just I used to do plugins, and that was, like, the most unhealthy thing I could do ever, <laughs> but, like, ever since having a little baby, I've been making more steps towards having, like, more clean products in the house, and yeah, those essential oils are so healthy for you, and depending on, like, what's going on, like, right now, it's kind of, like, mosquito season over here in LA, so we'll just Same. we'll use certain oils that we know, like, trigger, like, less, like, the mosquitoes to go away. So it's So like what whales do you use? I think cedar wood, if I'm not mistaken, or okay. lavender okay. too. I would do some okay. research because I'm not really hundred percent sure, like my husband yeah. sure and then he'll light it. <laughs> but yeah, for handy. sure the cedar wood comes in handy too for moths, which we also got. So moths have not come around the house for a while because of the tree.
0: Dude, I'm definitely going to research that because it's definitely mosquito season in Florida. Yes. I have 3 bites on my body oh. right now that I'm trying not to itch and I actually this is not even a joke. I have a bottle of CBD oil that I've been rubbing Smart. on my bug bites so that they the inflammation kind of goes down and also so I can stop itching them because I literally when I itch myself, it looks like I was attacked viciously. Oh, yeah. So, I'm just not cuz I have long nails, so like I will if yes. I itch like it's not it's not good. Um, but what are you I feel like again, I'm just, you know, whatever. I'm like going to have like a little fangirl moment, but like I follow a lot of people on social media and they talk a lot about skincare. And a lot of times I feel like they don't know what they're talking about. And I'm not going to lie. It really infuriates me because I'm like, why are you talking about things that you don't know about? Like, it's okay to like it, but like, don't give people the wrong information. And I love that when you talk about things, you know what you're saying. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're not just like, and, and I feel like you're very eloquent in the way you talk about things. And I trust your skincare recommendations, which like I am like a huge skincare head. So there's very few people that I would listen to their recommendations because I don't buy a product because it's pretty or, or whatever. Like I care about the ingredients. I care about, you know, how it feels and, and just everything about the product. But what are some of your favorite skincare products right now? Like I'm dying to know. Okay,
1: um, I'm going to keep it as short as possible. So uh, with okay. that are coming, sunscreen is really important. And as we're getting older, like I'm really trying to pay attention to prevention. The so Superdrug yes. has this glow stick with like an SPF of fifty, and I've seen oh my it. God, it's amazing. Um, I used it on vacation in Tulum, and I love to have like the look of dewy skin. And most sunscreen, you know, it comes like blue and it's like matte. This one yes. gives you like yes. a glow that a nice highlighter would give you. But there's like no. Shade yeah, anything. it's just very radiant and natural.
0: I actually might pick that up because I'm running low on my sunscreen, and I. I don't like to buy things unless I need Mm -hmm. to. And I also get sent a lot of things, but right now I just gave away a bunch of sunscreens. (laughs) So I can actually justify buying one. I think I'm going to go try it out because I don't like mattifying. I want to look as, like, I will even go as far as say greasy. I would rather look greasy than look matte, like any day of the week.
1: makes my skin look much better to look that way than matt like matt doesn't do enough for me in my personal opinion no and i noticed people comment on my skin more when it's dewy so it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely like just not me um and then another product i swear by is this mascara used by milk makeup it's the kush mascara
0: um Ooh, i've tried it it's gr- the brush is so yes, i love the brush, the brush i feel like it Yes. It's not
1: for everyone, I've noticed, because some people i recommend it to. It doesn't work for them, especially if you have like more mm-hmm. orange prone skin. I would not yeah. recommend that one, but this one's a really good one for, um, to build up length and volume mm-hmm. and still make it look natural, not like you have like a bunch of fake lashes on. Anytime I'm wearing that's it, that's what it is. A lot yeah. Of questions. Yeah. And because it's, there's CBD infused in it, it actually doesn't mm-hmm. break your lashes. It's conditioning them the entire time you wear them. So,
0: no. It's like a two-in-one. It's, it's, And I love products with CBD. As long as it's high-quality CBD, I love anything that has CBD in it. But also, you're right about that. The Milk Makeup Mascara, I feel like it gives that very fluffy, long, kind Mm -hmm. of just like, oh, I don't have a ton of mascara on, but... Also, my sister tried it. She didn't like it but because of the transfer, but I think they have a waterproof one now possibly. Okay. I haven't tried it. Yeah. But I also could be making that up, but I, I'm pretty sure they have a waterproof one now. Nice.
1: Well, if that one doesn't work for people, another one I use that most people like too, and I haven't heard as many complaints about it. If people have oily skin, it's a NARS Climax.
0: That mm-hmm. one's really, really,
1: good at doing almost the same thing, and it does good with people with oily skin. So something to do Ooh, know. good to know. Um, and then I love using most of all of Noto Botanics. It's founded by a makeup artist, um, Gloria Noto, and it's skincare and makeup blended into one. So all Ooh. of her, like, highlighters and her tints, like for your lip, eyes, cheeks, they go everywhere. They are amazing because you do not have to, um, like – you feel fresh there's eucalyptus i think if i'm not mistaken most of the products. oh my god your face your face feels revitalized and it looks like skin after so she's used it on me before because i was featured in one of her shoots and we did like um foundation and then we applied some of that highlighter up up on top and that's like how i apply it every day and it gives a look Mm -hmm. of like perfect skin with good coverage still.
0: I definitely need to look into that because I am really gravitating more towards lately I find first of all, products that have multi-uses. Like I want a a cream blush that I can also put on my lips that I can also put on my eyelids. Do you know what I mean? Like I just just want to be able to do everything with one product. I've also basically, I don't powder my face anymore, which makes it a lot easier for me to use products like that. I feel like when you're not powdering your face because everything just kind of blends in and just kind of looks good and feels good and you can touch up throughout the day and it's not going to look cakey or anything like that. Like that's one thing that I found... It's so interesting because everyone says that powder blush lasts longer than cream blush. I'm telling you, if I put on a powder blush, no matter how heavy handed I was within an hour, it was gone. Like my skin did not like the powder. Isn't that so
1: weird? That's the same with me.
0: Yes. And I put on a cream blush and it just lasts on my skin. And I'm just so confused because everyone will tell you powder lasts longer than cream, but I'm like, no cream lasts really well on my skin. Powder disappears. I don't know where it's going. I think my skin is eating it, but it's just gone. I feel like it's, it's so drying. It just kind of Your skin feels like more dehydrated, so it's like trying to find oil or trying to absorb. I don't really know. I'm not a scientist, but (laughs) I'm like a huge fan of a cream product, especially one that I can use on my cheeks, lips, eyes. Um, So I'm definitely going to look into Noto because, yeah, as soon as you said eucalyptus, I was like, it's hot as fuck in Florida, and I really want some eucalyptus on my face.
1: Yes. Um, another one that our friend did launched, the launch, the tinted. Oh, you yeah. sticks Those are actually really good. And my personal color that I always go to is the Rise, which is the middle color. Um, it's good for a lip tint, but also on the cheeks. And I use it actually even on like my brow bone. And oh. if you need it as a concealer, depending on your, you know, your face tone, um, you know, you can use even any of those shades. But for me, Rise is my concealer as well. So. I.
0: I use, I think, the lightest shade, I think it's called Perk, if I'm not mistaken. I think that is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. and I use it, well, I've been using it as a color corrector under my eyes Mm -hmm. because I do have deeper, like, dark circles, and I will, I haven't stopped using it since I got it. It's actually really crazy because usually I, I try so many products that, like, I will try something a few times and forget about it. I haven't stopped using it as a color corrector. I carry it with me
1: everywhere I go. Like, I like to make sure it's there. A lot of people are just like, is that just a ton of hype and it's not working? No. It It was a really well-calculated, well designed product because it really does benefit
0: people a lot. Mm -hmm. And I – And that's the thing. I'll use it as a color corrector under my eyes. And the difference is very drastic in my opinion. So I had a friend who was also a little skeptical. So I was like, (laughs) so she did it under one eye and then didn't do it under the other eye. I took a picture of her and it was a very noticeable difference. Like one of her under eyes just looked more awake, brighter. And then as far as using it on the cheek, I've used it on my cheeks. It's so easy. Like it's kind of one of those cream products that like, You don't need to think about it. You're not going to fuck it up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's easy to just kind of blend it where you want it and it will stay there and it's not like going to get muddy or patchy, which I feel like a lot of cream products in the past, I think cream products are getting better generally, but like, you know, you would try to put on a cream blush and it just wasn't, it didn't look the way it should.
1: But I find
0: that with Deepika's product, it just really goes on so beautifully and it just, you don't really need to put a lot of effort, which I also really, really appreciate because I don't like to spend a ton of time doing my makeup.
1: I agree. I'm all for like the more than one multi-use product. Mm-hmm. So like that's because you mentioned it, I was like, oh I have to mention this lip tint yeah. product. Yeah. Um and then lastly, I'm like such a big fan of oils. I didn't even use oils the way I did until like a year ago. I grew up with my mom smothering me in coconut oil and I just <laughs> hated it. And I can't My get myself to like put oil olive oil, oil on me. That. Yeah, I did that too, but not as much as yeah. coconut oil. So I think you understand. Um, yeah,
0: definitely. My mom literally would sl- like slather all of us in olive oil. Very hilarious to and tell she, people because they're like, what? Yes. And they'd like
1: tell us it's good for you. And you're like, at this point, I don't need, I think you're just crazy. So I don't really yeah. think it's good for you. And then all of a sudden <laughs> these things become popular and it's like a huge yeah. craze. But like, yeah, I started diving back into oils specifically like, around two years ago. I had gone to like this beauty skincare event and they were doing skincare for women just randomly and like doing live demos at like a Kate Somerville event and there was a 50-year-old mm-hmm. white woman who went up and she was like yeah my, I've never done anything to my skin my skincare routine is just making sure I use the oils every day after that Whoa. I was like wow if a, if a Caucasian person with that yeah is saying she's not done like Botox or abrasion or anything and yes like that I need to start getting into oils and so I did and I use a whole bunch of different oils, but the one I really, really like right now, and it's, like, a really good quality, is by Renovat Botanics. And okay. it's a hair and body serum. She uses jasmine as, like, her one of her key, like, ingredients. And you'll smell it. It's very, like, vibrant, but not in a, like, a, it gives you a headache kind of way. It's just the right amount, and it's a very rich product. But it Ooh. immediately so- softens and, like, makes your skin silky for ever like even once the product is not on you feel the difference for months to come so and because it's multi-purpose where you can use on the hair and the body obviously it's like my go-to
0: I really want to try that now also I love the smell of jasmine's like my dad always anytime he would get my mom flowers they were always jasmine so it's it's a very nostalgic scent for me um so yeah I really definitely want to try that and also I I love oils like I I mix in an oil into my moisturizer every morning, which I feel like a lot of people are like, mm-hmm. why are you wearing oil during the day? And I'm just like, my I'm skin saying. likes oil. Yeah, like and I'll just mix a few drops into my moisturizer. I go a little bit harder at night because I'm sleeping, but I will always mix at least one or two drops into my moisturizer and I just feel like my skin looks glowier and ha- feels better and feels happy. And I know it's so weird to say my skin feels happy, but I genuinely feel like my skin feels happy when I use an oil. I agree with uh, you too. Yeah. And um, I, wanted, I wanted to make sure that we we talked a little bit about this because I know that a lot of my audience – comes from, you know, different backgrounds and being a creative or being in, you know, going into a different field is sometimes kind of this very daunting thing. And you're worried about, you know, disappointing your parents. And I feel like a lot of times people in America, they kind of don't get it and they think that it's this burden that's on us. But I would say like, it's not a burden necessarily. It's just something that takes time learning how to navigate, which is like how to deal with your parents who are immigrants who came here and they worked so hard to get you here and they had specific hopes and dreams for you and they wanted you to do X, Y, and Z, and maybe you're not doing those exact things that they envisioned, like how to navigate that space while still being respectful to your parents. Cause I think it is important to be respectful, but obviously it's also important to do what makes you happy. And I feel like I wanted to kind of hear a little bit about your journey with that because you are in the creative space and it seems like, you know, you have been ever since you kind of graduated, like you were working with musicians and stuff like that, which isn't like the traditional thing that I think a Bangladeshi parent is like, you know what I want my kid to do? I want them to work in, in music and jewelry. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, yeah, it's really interesting. I think at the bottom of it all, our brown parents, anyone's parents really just want them to be very successful and mm-hmm. that they just want their kids to be well set so they don't have, you know, a troubled future, right? Yeah, so yeah. they also have a really hard time communicating generally. Most brown parents don't really like, I know, you know how I to know. certain things. So um, after a certain point in my life, I just realized, you know what, I can be happy and they can be happy and I just need to pursue what feels right. And eventually mm-hmm. they'll come around and that's kind of the approach I had. It was not an easy yeah. journey. They're still like very brown people. So yeah. um, I did a little bit of, you know – lying (laughs) (laughs) I did a little bit of lying no big deal a little bit a lot so um I uh it was always about like making sure you had good grades going up and Mm -hmm. like after a little while I also just became really rebellious when I came to school like come high school unless it was a class that interested me and I felt like it was giving me value I would check out and so
0: oh same I skipped classes like like more than I attended classes in high school I wouldn't recommend it but that's I think
1: my parents just conditioned me like that because it was the fact that they, even if you get like a hundred percent, they're still yelling at you because you didn't get the extra credit. So it like conditioned me to be one of those kids. Like, okay, well, they're never going to be happy. So like, what's even the point? So I think that's what it is. Oh my God. Wow. But anyways, I went to college (laughs) and college for me was more of a chance to like self-discovery like it is for many people. But my parents the entire time, like they like many brown parents, even if like deep down inside they knew something else is happening, as long as you feed them what they want to hear, they kinda like give you your space.
0: And Stella, you are literally telling me about my life right now. <laughs> it's like they're they're actively in denial. Yeah. Like they actively are picking up on what fits their kind of what makes them happy and ignoring all the sketchy terrible lies like do you know how my lies? I'm a terrible liar when I didn't want my parents to know where I was I would tell them I was at Disney World <laughs> Oh my God, I, I was know. at Disney I was at Disney World all the time though I, and I'm sure they were like this is really sketchy but they were like you know what? if she says she's at Disney World we'll then I guess she's at Disney World yeah like, I yeah have I yeah. need to do this like exactly this? it's yeah. yeah like I'm tired I don't have time to investigate the situation she's here she's fine it's fine exactly
1: so yeah definitely those kind of things happened and then come to college I was like yeah I'm studying pre-med Dad, leave me alone. so <laughs> gra- like you know graduation comes and I actually didn't graduate I um was one class away from getting my degree and I was already, oh my God. Like, deep into what I was doing and I weighed out the options and was like well Getting my degree and what I am doing, is that necessary? Like, is this going to benefit me? And because of budget cuts, our school completely removed the class that I needed to finish and graduate.
0: Are you serious? So I was, like,
1: waiting forever and ever every quarter and filling my classes up with, like, unnecessary classes and getting too many credits but still not having, like, the requirements to properly graduate. So I just kind of moved on and was, like, at this. And yeah. my dad was just like, okay, so how was, like, okay, how's pre He would call throughout the years and be like, how's pre-med? What are you studying? And I'd be, oh, bi- biology. Oh, what's that like? <laughs> oh, um, dad, it's just so overwhelming and right I don't want to talk about it. And he'd just move on. So <laughs> yeah, when we finally, yeah. when, like, school was finally over, it's like, he heads up. I, like, studied communications and media and cultural studies. <laughs> and he was just kind of like, oh. And I'm sure it broke his heart because he's a doctor and he wanted us to take over yeah. his practice and he also didn't have any sons. So he's just like hoping for us to take over everything.
0: Yeah. So he's really fun.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like it's so important and I'm realizing it through what they did that you, if you want those things for your kids, you need to like make this a conversation. If you don't, like that's that's not their fault. And it's, you know, and, yeah. and it shouldn't even be that it's anyone's fault. It's like your kids should still choose what they want to do and you should help guide 100%. them to do that successfully. Right. So, um, yeah, I graduated and then I started pursuing what I did and I was pretty open with my dad because he's very forward thinking and he is kind of well-rounded, but he is a little That's bit awesome. traditional in the sense that he knows other commu- people in our community are judging us or they're expecting mm-hmm. us to do certain things. And he's kind of known in our community. So everyone's like, oh, what's your daughter up to? So that like put some pressure on him. So in that sense, like, um, like we kind of met halfway. He was just like, you know what, it's, you've been doing this for too long. Um, there's no way of going back. You can't start over. You need to just go really hard and make sure you do this successfully. And he, like, that's his way of like backing in and supporting. And apparently when he talks to other people, even though he doesn't really tell us, he's like bragging about like me and my sister's accomplishments because she'd be working Why are we in. living
0: parallel lives <laughs> right now? Like on like everything you're describing about your dad. I'm like, cool. Your dad is actually my dad. So that's, that's cool because like my dad was a physician and he wanted us or at least one of his kids to be a doctor. All out of all six of us, none of us are doctors. Um, There's there is still hope for the grandkids, maybe, but none of the kids are. And then he's also very well known in the community. Like, like I have followers who go to my the the live in Orlando. And they know my dad. They're like, oh my God, I know your dad. I'm like, that's so weird to me. But yeah, I can't go to a gas station and swipe my card without being like, oh, you're Dr. Munzer Alcalde's daughter? I'm like, fuck, I am doing, I'm like probably up to some sketchy shit at that gas station when I was a teenager. So I was like, oh, why do you know my dad? But yeah, people are always asking. My dad to my face will always basically tell me you could be doing more, but then I overhear him talking to other people and he's like bragging about me and I'm like, yeah right on? And
1: on top of that like my dad sometimes have like has like these moments where he feels like we're not in touch with our culture because he doesn't dive too deep into what yes. I do specifically so he doesn't realize that I'm yeah. paying homage to my roots and like what I grew up you on. are he has no clue he like I'm like dad what do you think happy time means like they haven't even thought about it like honestly even my sister doesn't know what I mean she thought happy because hot, hot <laughs> without the like happy without the eye is hot, which just means hands. so she thought I was saying hand. okay hand T. And I was like, how would even tea. make any sense? <laughs> but anyways, so like that it's just it's crazy. But yeah, that's what's going on with that. And so now like my dad, that's where my dad is. And my mom is like a whole other story. She's more of like, the <laughs> like, they were both very liberal for a time when they were like out here for the first time 20, 30 years ago, and mm-hmm. just being amongst their friends. And now as they're getting older, they just, I think it's like a huge issue within comu- like communities where you have left your country and you're in another place because you feel like you need to be more in touch with your culture so you're not yeah. betraying your culture. Because when you go back yes. to where you're from, you normally realize like the other Bangladeshis back home are modernizing and they're advancing with the times. Whereas like yes. everyone that's left, they literally stay stuck in that point and they feel like mm-hmm. they have to because otherwise they're <laughs> losing more of themselves, Right. So, like, my mom is very much like that, and she's, like, she literally goes up to people and tells them, like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. My daughter makes um, arts and crafts for a living.
0: Oh, my God. Arts and because, crafts?
1: Like, I was, like, I was published in a full spread in, in Vogue America last year. There's, like, all these Which i accomplishments, I've seen. and my parents yeah. don't know what's going on. Like, they don't know how to translate that. <laughs>
0: It's it and I and I think that's like an issue that a lot of people feel because I got to work with a really cool brand last year. And I remember I told my mom it was on my birthday. She was having a birthday dinner, and I went and told my mom, like, hey, I have to travel for this with this brand and blah blah. blah. And I was so excited to be doing it and to be a part of it. And my mom yelled at oh, me no. on my and my mom's not even, she's not even a yeller necessarily. Yeah. She's pretty quiet. And she yelled at me and was like, What are you doing with your life? What are you like? You're a model now. Like, what yeah. this is this is what I I raised you to do to just take people take pictures of you. Like, this is so dumb. Like, what are you doing? This is a waste of time. And I was like, um, first of all, it's my birthday. Why are you being so mean to me? And also, like, this is really cool. Like, why can't you acknowledge that it's cool? And they like they, if it's not like a traditional thing that they kind of expected, they don't know kind of how to like. Really, fully understand the value of it. Almost, I, Do you yes, know what I, I mean?
1: Yeah, I have two kind of funny stories. So, like, I don't know what happened with you guys. Like, if any of you guys went to prom, but since I'm the older child, like, <laughs> they had no clue what prom was. So, like, I was totally yeah. like overlooked, and prom like was not given enough attention. Then, when my sisters came, she got like all this special attention from my parents. They're so, like, "Oh, that's when you wear like a cute dress and you go out." And then, yeah, um, more recently, when it comes to like, um, oh, I'm losing my train of thought, but I'm, it was like a really good story um oh, it's about you were talking about so, prom yeah, yeah besides prom like fast forward this is just my mom now like to just give you guys some more context um yeah I told her like you know you should just go make friends and like maybe take like a class at the local college and learn like maybe how to use a computer so she did mm-hmm. and then she learned how to use google so she googled my date my name and my sister's name every freaking day and whatever would show up she would swear was us my name is Stella guys. Oh like, so my this thing God. How like, many people, Nora, like, shows up under Stella? There'd be, like, and <laughs> white women who are, like, sit, sitting with white men at a party, like, on, like, I don't know, like, uh, stock pictures. And she'd send it to me and be like, You're always with a different guy, you're such a whore. And, like, oh my God, I'm dying right now. <laughs> it was just, it was just really, really, like, it always, it's so funny because we try to, like, help our parents, and then we're like, Okay, that didn't work either.
0: But yeah, this, backfired. Yeah, this yeah, backfired. yeah, 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 so
1: much. But yeah, and I feel like my, especially like my Nigerian or like my African friends, they can relate to that because whenever like you yes. don't do what your parents want you to do, that they're like, are you like betraying a scenario a prostitute? What are you doing? Yeah, they're, like come up with oh. the craziest things.
0: <laughs> my uncle has texted me before. He saw my Instagram page and told me to stop posting my pornographic, inappropriate photos. Oh yeah, and I was like, a hijab is what? so horny. <laughs> Yeah, like I know that when I see a girl wearing multiple articles of clothing, you know what I'm thinking about? Sex. That's what I'm thinking about. Like, what? And also, yeah, my mom won't Google me. She actually will she not Google me. Like, ref- She refuses to Google me. She's like, I don't know what I'm going to find because, and here's a reason for it. It's because people in the community, her relatives, they've already given her an impression of what I'm doing in such a negative yeah. way that she's almost afraid to see it, even though she trusts me. And I've told her, I'm like, mom, you know me i'm not and and i feel as though who I am online is, is me in real life. Like I will post a picture of me wearing an outfit and then go to my parents' house in that same outfit. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like there's a, like a, Ooh, I don't want my parents to see this. Also. I'm a grown ass woman. I, you know, I, my parents know who I am and I feel comfortable in that at this point. And sometimes they don't like it and that's, that's okay. But you know, when they do like it, it's very exciting for me because it's very rare that they do. So (laughs) yeah. And when my mom likes something, I'm like, Oh my God, you like this? Wow. Like I'm, I'm so happy right now. You usually hate everything that I do but yeah she refuses to google me because she's like nervous about what she's gonna find because people will call my mom and be like yeah I saw your daughter on Instagram and she just uses all of this foul language and posts all this really inappropriate stuff and I'm like mom you you know me like you know your your nature like even if I am using yeah yeah, if if I am cursing which my mom does not like cursing and me and all my siblings curse (laughs) so much but you know, like if I'm cursing, it's more so to be funny. It's not like in an aggressive way. And I'm a big believer as of, there's no such thing as like a bad word It's just how you use the words. Like, so if I'm like going up to someone and yelling these words in their face, like that's not great. But like, if I'm using it to be humorous, I don't, I don't see the problem in it. And you know, I'm very like aware of my surroundings. Like there are little kids Mm -hmm. around. I'm not going to curse in front of them, that type of thing. But Anyway, uh, yeah, my mom refuses to Google me. My dad, on the other hand, has gotten to the point, which is very strange, where he will just tell people, "You should Google my daughter," which is hilarious. Oh God, like he'll tell people, this. "Yeah, Maybe you should Google my daughter."
1: My and then they would just like balance out. I hope.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because my dad is 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 you know he's educated, he's progressive, yeah. but in a lot of ways he's very traditional. He's not so much cultural as he is religious. Yeah. Which I feel like for a lot of people is not the best thing, but for my dad, I feel like because he's like religious, like in the purest form, mm-hmm. he's very understanding because he's not the type of person where like, if you don't do what I do, then you're a terrible person. He's more so like, I taught you what to do. You now take from that and do what you need oh, to do. That. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So he's that kind of religious, which is the religious that I like. Come. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like he, he'll tell people, oh, you should Google my daughter. Google Noor El She, she does advertisement. That's what my dad tells good. people I do. But advertisement, which is hilarious. I mean, like, good. At
1: least he says it like that. Like, you know, I'm like, I give your dad pops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, my mom, on the other hand, I think that she thinks there's a possibility I'm doing porn online. It's a very big possibility that that's what she thinks I'm doing because she's scared to oh, look me up. And I'm like, mom
1: what is wrong it's with you so sad I like it's but I mean like in our time so many things have happened like there was once a time when we didn't even have like there was no cell phones in our lifetime at one point there was papers, mm-hmm. and then there was no internet we lived through dial-up like all these modern oh my regions, god dial-up like, did our parents didn't <laughs> even adjust to it when they literally didn't even have those things at one point in their lives you know so like the power of social media and just like what you can do to you know Like, positively impact the world and also just, you know, do good things. Like, I don't think it full circles enough for them. And then also, like, no, my parents kind of are like, you know, she's really smart, but maybe she's not like street smart. She's probably book smart. So I need to feed her Mm -hmm. what her stuff should be because I don't think she can handle herself Mm -hmm. in the world. So that's like, they admire people that are like journalists or activists or all like even fashion Mm -hmm. designers. We have all those types of people in our family. Actually, the Bengali people in India, because, you know, before India was. Um, broken down Bangladesh was also part of India and the Bengali yeah. are known for dance art um, anything art related so we're not necessarily yeah. the ones that are the doctors or the engineers now there's many of us mm-hmm. but we come from like a very like spiritually awakening background like some of the biggest singers like their background is Bengali because of like the like the cultural aspect of it but mm-hmm. like they understand it and they look up they really love it and they're I'm like so obsessed with it, but at the same time they're like, you can't do it. So it's just it's really yeah. interesting.
0: It's like they have this very like practical mentality that everything has to be like very like uh like safe and you know, you know that if you do this, this will be the result. And I think that the thing about being in the creative space that makes them feel that <laughs> negative feel there's a lot of unknown, which I mean is, is true. That's not, not true, but there's also something really rewarding about doing something and not being sure what the outcome is going to be. And if, and if it goes well, then you're pleasantly surprised. And if it doesn't go well, you learn from that and you build on that and you apply that in the future. And I think that that's really important. And it's so interesting that you were saying like, oh, my parents think that I'm book smart and not street smart, because I, I also feel like my parents for a long time thought I was almost like incompetent (laughs) and like, didn't know how to like handle myself. And then I, my mom saw me talking to someone one time and she was just like, because oh. <laughs> cause, cause I'm, I'm the youngest. I'm kind of bratty. My mom sees me in settings of when I'm with my family, I'm being a little yes. brat. And then, you know, when I'm around her with her friends, I'm very quiet because I don't really want to talk to them because everything they talk about yeah. is annoying. So I don't participate. So she thinks that I kind of don't know how to talk to people. And then she hears me talking to people and she's like, oh, wow, like, you're really good at, like, charming people. And I was like, we yeah, I, I can t- hold you the cultural com- thing. Exactly, exactly. And I think that, like, as I'm getting older, though, I will say, I feel like my parents are starting to understand who I am a little bit better. And I also think that's because I'm showing them who I, I am agree. a little bit more and and not lying, you know, the, the little bit the of lying. World. That's, I don't, yes, exactly. Like, if I'm going somewhere, if I'm doing something and I think my parents won't like it, if I actually think they'll really not like it, I'll just avoid telling them at all costs. But for the most part, I, I'll i let them know, even if I think it's maybe not their favorite thing, because I want them to know what's going on in my life. And I feel like when you come from these more cultural backgrounds, it can be really hard to have the relationship that you would see like on TV, in traditional American TV, where like, mom and daughter, they're best friends. They tell each other all their secrets. Like, no, my mom would smack the shit out of me if I told her all my <laughs> secrets. A hundred percent. She would not... Yeah, she would not be like, oh, like, sweetheart, like, I'm so happy for you. She would be like, why are you ruining my life? Like, <laughs> so it's just, it. I think it's kind of, it really comes down to, like, navigating it. And I think that I'm still learning how to navigate it. And it's just something that you need to be patient mm-hmm. with. It doesn't and, happen immediately. You know, it
1: takes time. It's a growth process. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and it's not like they're doing it because they hate you. They're doing it because they, they love you and they think that this is what's best for you. And I think that understanding that is also a whole different process. Yeah, I
1: think the biggest thing about parenting that people have not spoken about when it comes to parenting in the previous generations is the mm-hmm. fact that it's not just you or a child growing up, you are growing up as a parent. Because the, no one is mm-hmm. perfect, so hopefully the process of becoming a parent also molds you into a better person. And the, mm-hmm. like another thing that I always talk about is the fact that in previous generations, a lot of things weren't conversations. Like the, it was one-ended, and the parents always had like the right to say what they say, and then that's where it ends. And now yep. it's more of a mm-hmm. dialogue where like the kids can express their feelings and then talk yes. about it, and then you know it can just be a growing process for everybody. So um, hopefully, like. As time passes and everyone like picks up that approach, like things will get better,
0: and you know yeah. like, that
1: communication won't happen to ha- won't have to have happen so later in life.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred. I agree with you because yeah, that that's been my personal experience with my mom. She's a great person, but having that communicative relationship is something that we built on over right. time. You know what I mean? Whereas my sister, she has a four year old son. I was actually just talking to her that about this the other day, and she's like. I'm not dismissive of my son's feelings. You know, if he wants a piece of candy and I don't think he should have it, I'll say, you know what? Do you think you need another piece of candy today? Like, you, you've you had some candy. Do you think that you need more candy? And she's like, he'll stop and think mm-hmm. about it. And sometimes she's like, he'll be like, no, mommy, I want more candy. And other times he'll be like, no... I already had some, like I'm okay. And she's like, I don't like just always kind of going to immediately say no or because I said so, or like, you know what I mean? She's like, I want him to think about his decisions too. So that as he gets older, he's able to make good choices and really think about these choices that he's making and not just do what he was told to do and kind of just follow blindly. Like, okay, I'm going to do this because someone told yeah, me Yeah, to I think
1: this. like the, because the way my parents especially raised me, I realized that, um, because let's say if I end up succumbing to everything, it would have been that like literally that if they died or something happened to them, I would be helpless because mm-hmm. they they kind of set mm-hmm. it up to where you have to really rely on like them to paint the pictures for your next steps. And that's not, ideally, if yep. if this was even a conversation between you and them, they really just want you to be able to be okay, even if they're not around, right? So like exactly. keeping your children to be able to do that. Like, let's say if anything was to happen to me, I hope like Noah, even at this age can understand what that means for him in his day to day. Like even if he's in a bad surrounding yeah. I'm not there, like hopefully
0: he knows what to do.
1: So and that's yeah that comes with teaching them that rather than controlling every part of their day.
0: Oh my god, the word <laughs> control, yes. That's the thing. There it's it's like removing that element of just because I'm your parent, I can control you. I think that that is not the best thing in my opinion i mean i'm not a parent yet you are a parent so i feel like you know you you have a leg to stand on in this conversation but just from my observations um my parents were not as controlling as other parents but i saw i saw some kids and they they just had no say in anything in their life and i was like holy shit! i would go crazy like i I don't even know what that would feel like. I can't even begin to fathom what that would feel like to just really not even be able to be who you are in any f- aspect of your life unless it's completely in private. And I'm like, I, that, that's so tough. And like when you get out it into the really real sucks. world, how do you even, yeah, how do you adjust? How do you acclimate to that? And I think that it takes like a lot more work to be I mean, able it to it really messes up with acc- your emotional intelligence. Like you have no understanding yes. of
1: cult- like society cues.
0: I mean yeah. like a really yeah. big 100%. Like, example
1: is like a lot of people in our communities, like you know how we're really good at school and then our parents are like, Don't mm-hmm. date anyone, don't talk to anyone, just like no friends. Yep. And then yep. you see like those yep. boys that like literally their mom is involved even in their marriage because their mom like chose the wife and then they're like telling them what to do because they have a boys. The way. They have no clue what to do. Yep. It's just like it, yep. that doesn't make sense. Like nobody wants that. So like Help shape your children and, you know, don't um, control them.
0: (laughs) Yes. I think, yeah, that's the thing. Shaping, not controlling is so, so vital. And also like, you know, just as being a kid – even if your parents, even if you think they're being crazy, they might be being crazy, but also like try to understand their perspective. Because at the end of the day, I remember getting to a point in my life where I realized like, oh shit, my parents are humans. They're people just Mm -hmm. like me. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not these perfect magical beings. They're figuring it out too. And taking and giving them kind of like a break because they're not always going to be perfect. And you can't, always be like, well, if I, I would do this and I would do that. And like, they've had just a completely different upbringing. Their parents are, you know, my dad is like 73 years old. So his parents, yeah, his parents were born in like, I don't even know when, like the 1920s or something. Yeah. So like, yeah, like, so it's just like very, very, very different upbringing. And like, that's something that you need to bear in mind. is like kind of having that patience and like, maybe they don't understand you, but it's not necessarily because they don't want to understand you. It's actually very difficult for them to wrap their head around it because it's nothing that they know mm-hmm. about. You know what I mean? And especially in the digital space, uh, I mean, my parents know how to use like Bluetooth and their Shipping phone and stuff like day. that, but they're not like,', yeah. They don't know how what social media is. Like they don't fully comprehend it. And I think it's just a matter of trying to explain it to them in a way that they can understand and not saying that they're like these dumb people who don't get it. It's just it's just very different for them. And, you know, they just don't it's not a part of their life like it is a part of our lifestyle. And so for them, it's, they don't fully comprehend exactly what it is. And that's why my dad tells people I do marketing because that's how he understood what I do. He's like, okay, so you post things that brands. Okay, cool. So you do marketing. And so he said it. I didn't even say it to him. And I was like, actually, yeah, kind of, I guess. Like, that's exactly what I do. So I think it's just kind of also taking the time to help them understand who you are because it may not be as easy Mm for them. I'm completely with you on that. But yeah, I'm... So happy that we were able to have this conversation. I really love where it went, Um, but we have to wrap up. And I wanted to make sure that you told everyone where they can find you online, where they can find Amarillo, Hati Chai, all of that. So plug all (laughs) your shit. (laughs) Okay. So
1: there's a few different places you can find us. Um, We have several different Instagram accounts. Um, There's my personal page, which is at Stella Simona. And it gives you kind of more of like a blend of everything that I have going on and behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and just what inspires me to create with my brands. And then there's Amarillo and also Happy Try. So I hope you guys can connect with me through those channels.
0: Yes. And also you want to definitely follow her on Instagram because she posts the most beautiful imagery that's like soothing to look at. And also Amarilla Hati Chai, beautiful jewelry. If you want good jewelry, those are the places that I would recommend to anyone. Like I I don't even know what I was doing, spending my money on jewelry before that. I was like, no, this is, this is trash. Like I'm going to, this is a jewelry that I'm investing in. And that's what it's like investment jewelry. It's not super overpriced, but it's still like the quality is there and you're getting, you're getting your money's worth type of thing. Um, but yeah, it was so fun having you on Stella. Um, everyone, you could follow me at Nori on Instagram, or you could follow the podcast at Arab American Psycho. Um, uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, do all that shit. There's new episodes every Sunday and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.